WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program is one aspect of that diversity, not the views of WFNU or Frogtown Tuned In as a whole. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. You are listening to 651 Sports Update. I am your host, Mike Resendez, and sitting a responsible six feet from me, social distance, and between us, there is a pane of plexiglass. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Good morning, Mike. It's like the other side of the world over here. (laughs) Good to be back in the studio with you discussing St. Paul High School sports. I'm excited to hear from a couple conference championship coaches this morning, and we can also wrap up what's happened this fall, a fall that we'll never forget. That's right. We have uh, a couple of competitions that have occurred this week that we will get you The results, too, and as Eric alluded to, we do have two coaches calling in today at 10-10. We will be joined by Coach Kirby Skull of Como Park Football at 10-25. We will be joined by Highland Park's volleyball head coach. And uh, also we want to let you know that uh, because of the announcement that was made earlier this week by Governor Tim Walls with the pause and uh, youth and high school sports also taking a four-week pause, This show will also go on pause with nothing to talk about. Uh, We will go on hiatus until January, and then after that, we'll see what happens. I think the four weeks Eric is off or is up the week before Christmas, but then we're going to have to have practices and everything. So not everything is going to get started right away. It would make a lot of sense to have a holiday break after the four-week pause and pick up when classes resume in 2021. So I hope I hope the kids are back in action on the court on the on the rink skiing the courses outside on the golf courses for cross country. I hope that they're back in action in January. Yeah, so we will keep you updated on that so you can find out when we will be on next. But we're planning on 2021 in January, so hopefully uh, that'll be spot on and we'll let you know. But until then, We want you to go visit WFNU.org. Check out uh, all of us on that website. Find out more about the radio station. Find out more about shows happening on this radio station as well. Give to the Max Day was this past Thursday. We want to thank everybody that contributed to that. We appreciate that. Um, And that was a resounding success for every nonprofit uh, involved. They set a record. They were over $25 million last time I checked. That was at like 10 p.m. that night. So they uh, smashed their old record of $21 million by quite a bit. A lot of generous people, a lot of charitable giving, and it's one of the things we can do to make a difference during these tough times. That's right. All right, so we have Coach Skull calling in in about six minutes, so let's get to 
the competitions that we did have uh, that occurred this week in volleyball on Monday it was Como Park over Humboldt 3-0 on Wednesday it was Central over Washington 3-0 Concordia Academy over St. Agnes 3-0 on Friday last night it was Highland Park 3 Central 0 now Highland Park uh, has won the city conference championship uh, but with that win last night, Eric, it capped off an undefeated season. That's right. Uh, the season of stopping just before the end of the regular season was originally scheduled to stop. It's stopping a week before the scheduled start of section playoffs. But for the St. Paul City Conference, enough games were played. And uh, with Highland's domination of them, it makes it clear that they are indeed your St. Paul City Conference champions, undefeated in 11 matches. And little research reveals that's the fifth in a row, fifth consecutive city title for Highland. The last team not named Highland that won the conference championship was Como in 2015. Since then, Highland has gone 56-1 and in conference matches. So we'll talk to the coach and find out what the secret is. A little later in the show. Central was second place at eight and two. Como was third at six and four, followed by Johnson, who finished in fourth, also with a winning record of five and three. It was a, a big a big night if you were uh, a member of the Highland Park family last night. Not only did Josh Ani secure a go for victory with an interception late in that game, who is a uh, graduated from Highland Park a couple years ago, his younger sister Emily got the game-winning kill last night against Central. Well done by the Highland Athletics Department getting that tweet out. I did see that. How cool was that? Uh, on the TCF Bank Stadium turf, uh, Josh Ani's interception sealed the deal for the Gophers. and Yeah, uh, nice piece of video from yeah. that game-winning point or match-winning point. Yes, and if you go to the Highland Park uh, Twitter page at Highland underscore athletics or HP underscore athletics, excuse me, um, both videos, the interception video and the final point video is up there. Um, Jan, uh, for football, let's move on to that now. Uh, yesterday, uh, it was a section. So this is this is where it gets a little crazy, Eric. We had section tournaments going on, but not every section game could be played, canceled because of uh, COVID, sickness, coaches, players, everybody being quarantined or out because of it. Um, in section 3-4A last night, though, it was Hill-Murray over Harding 53-0. And in section 4-2A, Minneapolis North over St. Agnes 44-0. But the silver lining in this, uh, Como Park, playing all of the old St. Paul City Conference teams, uh, is your winner, I guess, of the St. Paul City Conference this year. Absolutely correct. It was a lot of fun to have that traditional St. Paul City Conference schedule restored in this abbreviated season. It went by in a flash, but for four weeks, the Como Park Cougars rode a wave of excitement, of energy, to claim the St. Paul City Conference Championship. Undefeated record of four wins and no losses. We'll get the scoop on that joyful run from Coach Skull here in just a couple minutes. Johnson finished in second with a 3-1 and one record. The difference being Como's overtime touchdown against the Governors in the second week of the season. Johnson only gave up three touchdowns throughout their four games. 
and uh, evidence of a stingy defense there. And Comos was also very, very unforgiving and, and very much limiting opponent scoring. But that's an impressive stats. You finished second in the conference, but you only gave up three touchdowns in four games. So that's yeah, pretty good. Tells yeah. you also how great the team that finished ahead of you really was. For sure. In third place, we had Harding, and uh, we talked about them last month. They broke through with their first victory in several years. They followed it up. There was no 651 Sports Update jinx, Mike. They followed it up with another <laughs> win against Highland, and they ended up 2-2 two and two, and in third place in the city conference. So Central Highland and Humboldt finished in fourth, fifth, and sixth, respectively. So we're excited to talk to Coach Skull about this remarkable season, a uh, season that I'm sure is un- going to be unforgettable for many reasons. Right. Now, Central did finish over Highland in the standings, but Highland did get the coveted musket, uh, and I am legally obligated to bring that game up (laughs) any time Highland wins. (laughs) It must be your own legal code. Right. Yeah, I don't want to get sued. You know, we've got to make sure we're we're covered that way. (laughs) As Highland football alumni, I'm sure you're happy to abide by that code. I am, yes. Yes. what a what a year though so far. I mean, as far as covering sports too for the schools, I know uh, as far as yearbooks go, um, we uh, we had students that had to uh, take some pictures in and outside of the the arenas themselves. Coach Skull. Uh, so we will uh, get to that in just a second. Uh, but we looks like we have. Hey, let's. Uh, we're going to give you the mic here. Okay. Yeah. If you can... Some on air production work here. Hold on one moment, everybody. Coach Kirby Skull, can you hear me? I can. Perfect. You are on the air. Eric, do you hear him as well? I can hear him as well. Can you hear me, Coach? I can hear you. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. You just concluded your 17th season as Como's head football coach, which was also your shortest season, but I'd imagine one of your most fun. Your Cougars finished undefeated, 4-0, winning the city championship. We just broke it down on the air right before you came on, recapping that situation we want to know what have been the reasons for such a successful season well thanks mike and eric for having me it's always fun to be talking about como park football you know i mean like every successful season there's a lot of things that go into it um the one thing or a few things that i think helped us out a great deal we had 14 seniors And of those 14 seniors, seven of them had played football at Como Park for all four years. And so they really had a chance to develop. They kind of had a chance to grow into, um, you know, kind of the players that, you know, would be able to go out and help us in a lot of different kind of ways. And so I just want to mention those guys by name. Please. Stone Frazzle, DeMarquis Sales, Caleb Sears. Jonte Hudson, Jerese at Egbo, and Sully Lucy. And so those guys, like I said, were with us for all four years. And so they, they kind of learned the game of football, and, and, you know, that helped us out a great deal. Um, we also had seven other seniors that, you know, joined us at various times. Some of them had played a little bit of Como and then maybe decided to take a year off. And so those guys helped us a great deal, too. Um, but having 14 seniors was a big deal. Um, and not only did we have the 14 seniors, but we had 14 very committed seniors. Um, in addition to that, I mean, defensively, we played 
so very well the entire season. Um, against Johnson, a game we won 12 to six in overtime. I, I would say that was probably one of the best defensive games that I've seen a Como Park team play in my 17 years. In the entire second half, we did not even allow a first down. And so, um, yeah, I think that having a good group of seniors, a good, good group of you know dedicated seniors, and then just playing so well on defense really kind of just helped us to put together a great season. Yeah, your defense was spectacular in that game, and I think your stats were probably on average about it. You gave up maybe a touchdown a game throughout the four games. Did you see that coming with the defense, that it would gel like that and be such a force? Well, you know, we had a lot of returning players from the 2019 team, but 2019 was kind of a tough year. We, we dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, we just weren't able to really kind of come together. And so I think we thought the potential was there, but, you know, until you kind of start seeing it come together, you just don't know. Um, you know, one of the guys I mentioned a moment ago, Jerese at Egbo, and he's one of the state leaders in sacks, and he plays DN for us, and he's he's a, a big kid, um, a strong kid, but he's also extremely athletic. And so, you know, in that game against Johnson, I mean, you know, all kinds of guys were making plays, um, but he, you know, he was making plays sideline to sideline, and you know, Johnson was trying to run kind of a read option, and he he was really causing them some problems. Um, so. You know, that, that helped us a great deal. We also, uh, Maurice Gant, mm -hmm. um, a kid that had played JV for us last year, um, just made leaps and bounds. I mean, greatly improved this year. Um, just playing linebacker and, and learning his reads and his responsibilities. And so it kind of was just a collection of a lot of guys really kind of figuring things out and coming together. And you started out with that momentum of the Highland game, and it just seemed to roll from there. It was such a beautiful start, and what a frantic and exciting four weeks. Coach, if you could, uh, you've named some of the accomplishments that your team uh, has had already this season, but describe to us uh, what those accomplishments of, of this football season means to your kids. Well, I, it seems as if, and, you know, it's hard to speak, you know, outside of our little world, but it seems like we, we now are living in a world where everything you get to do that's normal is just a little bit sweeter <laughs> and feels like a huge blessing. Yeah. And, and so I, I think being able to play football at all was a huge blessing. Um, and then being able to play football and, and seeing kids kind of come together and working hard and being committed and, and then taking that out to the field and having success um, just, I mean, it is so refreshing. It was so fun. Um, we, we played a, a St. Paul city schedule, which we were not supposed to play. Um, cause now we play in district football, but we, we've moved to that in 2013. So we haven't played a St. Paul city football schedule since 2013. So I think being able to play, you know, Johnson and being able to play Highland and Harding and those teams again, I think means a whole lot to our, our kids. Um, they're, they're, 
other players that our kids know. They, they're programs that our other kids know. And I think, you know, being able to say that we were St. Paul city champions is mm-hmm. a pretty special thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, for our program and for our kids. I think it's incredibly special that there's, there's nothing better than having bragging rights in the city and <laughs> to be able to play the kids they know, as you said, instead of playing Breck or Columbia Heights or Mount West Tonka, it was just really fun how that came together. And I don't know if it was intentional. I guess it was intentional, right? You can speak to this. You know, there were so many scheduling changes because of COVID. How did it happen that you were able to get agreement to just play St. Paul City as opposed to district? Well, I know a lot of that work was done by the St. Paul City athletic directors. And I think that they they worked with, you know, the districts. And I think that they felt that that was the best option because it would limit travel. We we had enough teams to do it. Um, It seemed as if they were good matchups. And so I think the athletic directors and the district um, officials just felt like, yeah, this makes a whole lot of sense. Let's just have you guys again play St. Paul City teams um, instead of, like you said, traveling out to Breck or Mount Westonka or making these huge trips. Yep. And it, the it's old school St. Paul City Conference. So, I mean, it, it's got it. Like you said, it feels good to, to be the outright winner of the St. Paul City, which is always cool bragging rights. Um, as somebody who played in that conference many, many years ago, it's it was kind of fun to see it back. Uh, if not, if just for one year, it was nice to see. All right, Coach. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about well, that. thank you. Um, how do you see the season, uh, or how do you think this season uh, will be remembered? It's your, your 17th year. How does that stack up? I mean, this season stack up. I know we had lots of different situations beyond our control but uh how else do you think this season will be remembered well um you know i think i mean at least in my mind and i think talking with a lot of our kids and coaches you know i think they're going to remember it as being a very special season you know like i said we're kind of living in a time where you know anything that you get to do that's normal seems like a huge blessing and we got to basically live somewhat of a normal life, at least football-wise, for you know eight weeks with practice and games, and so I, I think that that was special to the kids, um, you know. And you guys know, being around sports, you know, not every team comes together, and you know that's kind of the hope is that every team comes together and they they buy into working together and. They buy into the team concept and willing to play together, but unfortunately just not every team does. And so when that does happen, it, it, it I think it always kind of leads to some special memories, some special bonds. Um, you know, I can think back to high school and college and some of the teams that I played on where that occurred. And, you know, and you just make some friendships that just, they don't go away. They're just kind of always there. And so I, I think that happened and then we were, you know, blessed with being able to win some games and win a championship. And so I, I would think that our, our team um, is going to have fond memories of 2020. You know, I think we all will have lots of memories of 2020 and then <laughs> have a few fond ones. Yep. It, it's kind of nice. Very special, Coach. I'm so happy for you. 
all the congratulations in the world for what you did and how you stuck with it and the kids stuck with it and those seven seniors that were with you through four years were able to grow, took some lumps along the way, and then had this incredible finish to their high school careers. So congratulations. I need one more favor. Well, actually, it's not a favor to me, Coach. You're going to do a favor to Mike Resendez here. <laughs> uh, Mike doesn't know it yet, but I've got a Vikings pro pick for him later in the show. <laughs> and he's going to have to choose an over-under for how many games the Vikings will win in their next five. And he could probably use your advice. <laughs> the career records would indicate he could use your advice. So I'm going to tell you that the over-under is set at three and a half. He's not beholden to take your pick, but I think he should listen to your recommendation. Will the Vikings win over or under three and a half games out of their next five? Wow, Mike. Um, <laughs> There's no pressure because I'm terrible at these. So Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so three and a half over under. Um, they play Dallas at home. They yeah. play Carolina at home. They play Jacksonville at home. They play at Tampa Bay. And then they play the Bears at home. So what would you what would you advise Mike to do? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of winnable games in there. And it seems like they're finding themselves a little bit. It's tough because of five games, three and a half is pretty high. Um, it's a good I, line. It's say, a good line. <laughs> yeah, he's good at this. Yeah, I'm going to say over. I, I think they'll win more. Oh, I like that. Mm, four and one or better. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I love I this. That's, that's a little bit optimistic, but. <laughs> that's never stopped yeah. me before, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's yeah. going to he's gonna be able to think about that uh, until the end of the show, and then uh, I'll let you know how he finally decides. But you yeah. heard it here, people. Uh, coach Skull, conference championship coach, says Vikes will go uh, four and one or better. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, thanks so some much. Some of it might be, are, are you a Vikings fan? You know, because <laughs> are, are you going to be picking with your heart? You know, I, I don't know. So I think that always plays into it a little bit too. Right, yeah. I, I am I am a big Vikings fan. So a lot of the Vikings picks, and I think this is why Eric does this a lot, is uh, he knows that I usually pick with the heart, not with the head on those. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, Coach, well, thanks so much. I look much. forward to uh, talking to you about uh, the Timberwolves. I know. You know I, I mean, I almost yeah. made the pro pick a Timberwolves pick just to just for you and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just maybe a little early, right? Yeah. Coach Skull yeah. and I, whenever we do run into each other in the hall in passing, you know, amongst uh, 100 kids and moving about, if we see each other, it's always T-Wolves talk. So. Man, you got Ricky Rubio back, so oh, you got there a lot is, to talk there about. There is some buzz and excitement there, yes. Yeah. Well, we better let you go. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, thanks, Coach Skull. Have a great day. You too. Bye, Congra guys. Bye -bye. Congratulations Bye -bye. to Coach Skull and the Cougars. It was a very unique and very special season, 2020. They're going to need some conference championship T-shirts to wear around and uh, be able to have that little, little humble brag. Um, I, I was so impressed by the way in which they turned it around from last season. Um, they were they were one and eight, and then they go to four and zero. Oh. And the resilience of the senior class, as Coach said, was was the key. Now we're just a minute away from talking volleyball, aren't we? We are, yes. So uh, we have a couple, like a minute or two left. So uh, I was wondering if maybe uh, 
Do you think they'll they'll do a special trophy this year for Como football for winning that conference? Well, um, yes, they should do a city conference trophy. They should do the city conference trophy we do for all the other sports. They've been able to back off from that for, um, I guess, six, seven years now since they've gone to districts. But obviously they can produce one more city conference uh, trophy this year and put the football plaque on it and Como can keep it. Right, yeah, and we were talking about memories uh, with Coach, uh, what kids are going to remember, the coaches are going to remember. Like you said, they're going to remember the one season that uh, it was kind of a wreck, but they were able to uh, come up on top. Absolutely make the most of it, yes. All right, we are joined now by Highland Park volleyball coach, Coach Nikki, and Coach, please forgive me if I butcher your last name, is it Michelki? It's Meckelkey. Meckelkey, okay. What do the yes. kids call you? Uh, Coach Nikki. Coach Nikki, okay. So that's what yeah. we will call you on this interview. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. I, I've got it, Coach Meckelkey. I've got it now that you said it. But, yeah, we'll go Coach Nikki like the kids do. We're so happy you called in, Coach. We really appreciate it. We were talking about Highland Volleyball a little earlier in the show, and we mentioned that your team was undefeated, finishing yeah. 11-0 and after yeah. last night's victory over Central. Highland was dominant in winning the city championship. I I did a little research looking at the score sheets, and you only dropped one set all season. That was in a a three-to-one win against Central a couple weeks ago. Um, What have been the reasons for such a successful season of results? Oh, yes. It was a fun season, and at the start, um, the girls' goal was to not drop one set all season, you know, so I suppose that was a little disappointing for them. But, oh, I didn't um, mean to rub salt in the <laughs> wounds there. I I, th- I never would have thought that was a goal. That, I just thought that was remarkable that it was only one. Yes. Um, I, I have lots to say on that. I would say that um, our success is due to a really strong returning varsity team that included eight seniors. And if you wouldn't mind, I just want to give a shout out to those seniors because they've been with the program for four years. Um, Annika Meckelke, DJ Martins, Emily Ani, Isabel Atson, Danielle Johnson, Sarso, and Sophie Guth, and lastly, Jamie Luckin. Um, they really pushed each other every day in practice, and um, I always reminded them that they were each other's best competition. Um, we had players who were really dedicated, and while our summer training did not look the same as it usually does, um, we started hitting the gym in July. Um, so they were always ready to go as soon as we were given permission. Um, they were ready to jump back in the gym. Um, so I think we always kind of get a head start um, on our training. Um, I also would like to mention um, a couple specific players um, who have been on varsity for a couple years now. Um, first, we have Kiomi Callahan who is a junior outside hitter, and she's a six-rotation player, um, which means she she hits and plays defense for us. Um, She has led our team in just about every stats category this year, including kills, hitting percentage, digs, serve aces, serve receive passing percentage. Um, Her hitting percentage this year was about 380, which is really remarkable for um, a high school volleyball player Mm -hmm. Um, and it really speaks to her efficiency Um, next dj martins is a senior um, who is also a captain she's also a six rotation player Um, she's only five two wow Um, (laughs) 
but she's extremely athletic and really consistent. Um, she just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. She has a great volleyball IQ. Um, she just knows where to be. And with her and Kiyomi passing in the back, um, I, I knew we'd always have a strong attack and could take teams out of system right away. Um, when we're in system, we're a really great team. Um, and then lastly, um, I should give a shout out to Annika, who, who is my daughter, um, but she's been our setter for the past three years on varsity. Um, she has worked really hard in the off season and I feel like she's gotten better each year. Um, she played with a more competitive volleyball club this season and went to some camps over the summer um, setting specific camps. And she's just really quick and athletic. Um, she jump sets every ball, which I think is important because it, it throws off blockers and, and they never know really where she's going to go with it. Um, so often, you know, she like gets sucked over and then she would throw a ball out onto the right side and Kiyomi would be hanging out over there all by herself and not have a block. And so it was just kind of an easy kill for her. Um, and then lastly, um, I wanted to talk about Isabel Atson, who, who's been playing libero for us for two years. Um, she was just a steady presence in the back. Um, she made some corrections like mid-season. We were kind of noticing some things about her passing and, um, and really improved by the end. And I, I often think that like setting and passing is, is pretty underrated. Um, you know, we always look for people that win you the points, mm -hmm. um, but obviously it takes a good pass and a good set to, you know, to have a strong attack. So, um, well, um, and then of course, then we have, um, lastly, um, we have some pretty talented underclassmen. Junior um, Azaria Stagg is a middle hitter who I, I feel like was the most improved this season. She, we always knew she was strong and athletic, but she really worked on her mechanics this year and it, it started kind of all, all coming together by the end. Um, Bella Kotke is a sophomore middle hitter who started as a freshman. So while she's very young, um, um, she brings a lot of speed and energy to the floor and she's um, by far our best blocker. Um, she's also been working hard to add more variety to her hitting, which I think will, will pay off in the next couple of years for her. Um, and then lastly, Ayana Bougie Martinez is a sophomore setter who also played a little bit of libero this year. She played she played with Kiyomi in the off season, and so I think they had a connection right away. Um, she again she has great volleyball IQ and reads hitters really well, um, so she's a great defender. Um, she brings a lot of enthusiasm and, and probably is the the best talker out on the floor. Um, and I really feel confident she'll be ready to take over Veronica next year. Coach, I can't thank you yeah. enough for talking about yeah. your kids like that. It's yeah. really a very quick study in your team. I feel like we know them from that five, <laughs> that, that description is just just wonderful. And it's obvious how much... i play for a lot of years. <laughs> yeah, you, it's very clear that you know them well, and we are so happy for you and uh, your daughter to have that special experience and to close out a career um, together with a, with a championship like that. Well done. Um, Thanks. <laughs> what about the way in which you handled um, scheduling changes um, and how you dealt with COVID? How did that work yes. out this year? Uh, this season was definitely unusual and it, and it had lots of challenges. Um, I was a little nervous, you know, to get back in the gym. Um, and we, you know, we took it really slowly at first. Um, it was really weird coming back 
you know, we just got used to seeing each other because these kids hadn't seen each other since March. I mean, they've been out of school since March. So um, when we first got back in in July, the district allowed us to um, have some pretty controlled practices. Um, but we were told that the kids weren't allowed to share equipment, which meant they couldn't share balls. <laughs> and, you know, volleyball <laughs> kind of relies on, <laughs> you know. Not very conducive to, to that, yeah. Right, exactly. So the first week we literally were, like, kids were, like, hitting a ball against a wall where they were just tossing to themselves and hitting or serving. And it, it seemed very slow. Um, but then restrictions kind of started to loosen and we were allowed to do more. And so we, you know, we started letting them play with a partner. And then um, by the end of the month, we were allowed to actually do some drills. Um, and I would say that I've never seen kids so excited to do some passing drills. <laughs> um, we always talked a lot about health and safety um, and reminded them to take lots of personal responsibility outside of the gym um, mm -hmm. so that we could keep things going. You know, we knew that if, if, if we had a case or they were exposed to something, we were going to be asked to stop. So they always took it very seriously and um, understood how their actions could affect the community. Um, so that was really important. Um, yeah, the fact that we made it to the end here without a case, I think, was really remarkable. Yeah, now I want to know, I the last couple of years, the fan section at Highland Park home matches have, has been getting mm -hmm. pretty famous they're pretty loud they're big mm -hmm. they're huge how different was that uh this season it was so weird <laughs> we <laughs> missed our fans so much um you know they tend to have like a theme and um you know we put announcements out there so, so we can rally a lot of people to come to the games and the central game was especially sad and disappointing <laughs> that is by far our biggest rivalry and um, it's it's like what the kids play for is that one game and it was it was really sad it was really sad to not you know have parents there watching too and especially with you know, having so many seniors this year I, it, it was just really unfortunate um, I mean I understand the policy and I was supportive of it of course but it definitely you know volleyball players thrive on that energy in the gym and you know that part was missing um, but I was I was really proud of the way our girls um, still brought energy to the floor. And when, when you would watch the live stream, it, it sounded pretty loud in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty impressed. But, no, we definitely missed that. And I feel bad for our seniors who didn't get to go out out that way because it is it is their favorite game of the year. Right. Now what's next uh, for the season? Is, is this it? Is this going to be it? Or do you expect there to be an attempt to have section uh, tournaments in a few weeks? or? <laughs> Or what, I, what do we have going I on? I think this is it for us. I I haven't been told one way or the other, but I'm, I'm kind of going on that assumption. I just I can't see us taking four weeks off and then just jumping back into section play. Sure. Um, most of the club volleyball season starts, um, they sh start immediately following the state tournament. And I know, I know they're planning on being back December 18th or whatever that date is. Um, where we open up again, so right. I, you know, that's that's a tough relationship between club and, and the Minnesota State High School League. Um, I suspect our season's over. Yeah, it'd be nice to have closure, closure, um, mm -hmm. and and know for sure. But I think your assumptions are. 
probably uh, spot on. You're pretty plugged into that volleyball community and those tricky relationships. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm sure you approached last night's as uh, the last time that you played together in Highland Scott uniforms yep. and uh, uh, I'm sure that was there, quite a special It was evening. very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of tears, um, more than I expected. Um, but it girls have been playing together for years um you know many of them started out as sixth and seventh graders um, playing either at the middle school or on a club team together and um it, it was very emotional well uh, you just really helped us understand the pride that is involved mm -hmm. with highland volleyball and uh i think that's a a great way to summarize um the importance of sports um for our high school mm -hmm. kids and it's just mm -hmm. uh, you're sort of describing the epitome of why we play so yes thank you so much all right coach yes. nikki we want to thank you for coming on the show this morning and telling everybody about your wonderful uh, volleyball team you have over at highland park um, thank you for having me we're I'm, always excited to see what uh, what's going on over there uh, every season <laughs> it was a pleasure the, the girls deserve the shout out um so thank you for having me. Yes, thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Coach. Okay, take care. Yep. Bye. Bye. Coach Nikki of Highland Park Volleyball joining us here on 651 Sports Update. The time is now 1037. You're listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNULP, 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. I am Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is across from me. Uh, as we mentioned before, this will be our last show of the year. Hopefully we'll get back in January. That's what our plan is uh, with the pause in sports. Uh, it'll pause this show, um, unfortunately, as well. But we will all want everyone to stay safe and healthy. So when we get back in January, we can uh, have all of you back as well to find out about your favorite high school sports. We have winter sports coming up next. So we have uh, we have hockey, basketball, uh, swimming and diving for the boys. Nordic skiing. Nordic skiing. Uh, so we have a whole host of uh, sports we want to make sure we're able to tell you about. Now, normally we would be doing like a winter preview show. That's uh, right. And uh, it would either have been today or last week. So it would everything's changing so yeah we would have done that at collap restaurant we would have been together with a room full of high school uh, student athletes and uh, would have had some good energy uh, there and, and heard from them directly uh, but it's not possible in our pandemic so we adjust we adapt and we move forward taking all the protocols very seriously that's right and we had a uh, coach Kirby Skull of Como Park Football on the air earlier. We just got done talking to Coach Nikki from Highland Park Volleyball. If you missed any of those interviews, don't worry. You can go back and listen to the podcast that will be published later on today. Um, and it was great listening, you know, putting a, a cap on, on those two sports. They were put off. We didn't think those two sports were going to be played this season. And then late they were added. Um, we almost finished volleyball with the sections football started sections um and uh so we we got really really close eric it wasn't a neat tidy ending across the state but as far as saint paul goes you know it really wrapped up uh quite nicely right uh, with clear clear endings where everybody knew when their last game was and uh, we have uh, final results and we we have kids that made memories 
Right. All right. Now we will. Uh, we have about 20, 15, 20 minutes left here on the show. So uh, what we normally do now. Uh, when Eric is in, uh, we go to our teams of the month. We each pick uh, a team, uh, one boys team, one girls team, and then we switch off every month. Last month, uh, you and I had some great choices. This month, we have even even better or good, just as good choices. No, uh, we don't rate teams of the month by month to month. We just we just highlight and uh, tell the people the good stuff about another good St. Paul team. It's yeah. all equal. We don't rank them. It's usually what happens when you're trying to find your words and they don't come out right is you just start <laughs> saying words that pop in your head. And that's what happened there. All right, so Eric, why don't we uh, move on? <laughs> You've got the girls' team this month. Why don't you tell us what's going on? This month, my team of the month is Johnson Volleyball. We saw them play last year, Mike, we in did. the East Side Rivalry. We saw them play with hundreds of other fans in the gymnasium at Harding, and then there were another three, four hundred fans in the gym at Johnson. When they played those games on the east side, it is intense. And so we have come to appreciate both of those teams and what they do. This season, Johnson once again split their matches versus Harding. Harding won one of them. Johnson won one of them. All the games were close. Uh, But Johnson also pulled off a dramatic five-set victory over third-place Como. Coming back from down two sets and clinching the win 18 to 16 in the fifth. I think that's pretty impressive when you can rally a team after being down two sets to zero and you don't ever admit it, but sometimes people's thoughts are, ah, this sucks, I want to go home. Right. They did not quit in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. They come back, they win the third. They come back, they win the fourth. They force a fifth and then grind out the 18-16 win when uh, it was extended beyond the 15 points of the fifth set. So with that, Johnson finished 5-3 and three in the conference. They played hard throughout their challenging short season. For all those reasons and more, Johnson Volleyball is my 651 Sports Update Team of the Month. All right, my uh, 651 Sports Update Team of the Month on the boys' side is going to the earlier mentioned Como Park football team. Uh, they will 4-0 and this season and win the St. Paul City Championship in this uh, COVID rearranged schedule that happened this year. Uh, as we'd mentioned earlier with Coach Skull, they gave up an average of just one touchdown a game this season. Staunch defense has really, really, really helped them out uh, to get to their 4-0 and record. Uh, they started off with the win over Highland Park and then a win over Johnson, and then followed it up with two more, one against Humboldt and one against Harding. Uh, And that Harding game, that was a uh, hard-fought opponent as well, as Harding had uh, a great season uh, for them as well. But it was for those reasons and more. And if you want to go back and listen to the uh, interview with Coach Skull, you'll get all those reasons. And that is why they are my 651 Sports Update Team of the Month. Excellent. All right. As we move on here on 651 Sports Update on WFNU, we're going to get to our pro pick later on to end the show. Um, and uh, I gotta, I'm still thinking about what Coach Skull said about helping me out with, with the pro pick coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And if, if you missed it, we'll get back to it again. Uh, but right now, 
when Eric is in, we like to talk about uh, any news from Como Park, um, sports or academic-wise. We also talk about uh, what's coming up uh, in your Bugle piece because you do write uh, for the Bugle as well. So why don't you uh, take it away from here and let us know what is happening. I will be happy to do that. Please feel free to ask questions at any point along the way if you have any uh, concerns or wonderings. I did finish a Park Bugle article recently and i believe that comes out uh, a week from monday a week from uh, this monday and i uh, just saw a midway como monitor newspaper that had the school news article that i wrote in early november and in that i shared a little bit of virtual spirit week virtual spirit week mike how does a virtual spirit week work eric (laughs) (laughs) well it it's not the go-to model for uh, creating school spirit. <laughs> sure. But in a global pandemic, you do what you got to do. And I give a lot of credit to the kids who came up with the ideas for Virtual Spirit Week. Student Council met and planned and put together some dress-up days. Basically, Virtual Spirit Week is making the best out of a bad situation, right? There's no homecoming dance. There's no pep fest. There's no thematic dress-up days at school where you can see each other in your class colors or crazy hat day or whatever it is. None of that memory-making stuff that you expect from high school. And I'd imagine selfies are involved somewhere along the line, right? Yeah, exactly. Photo contests. Yep. yep. And appearing in your Google Meet uh, in, your, in your outfit. Sure. Um, now, it wasn't... I'm not going to lie to you and say that all of the students of Como Park bought in, but when your leaders step up and they do things and they create events and and they um, participate, it does enhance the experience. There's no replacing what we usually do. And I'm just kind of sad and reminded about what, what everybody's missing. And sports have helped fill that void, but not everybody plays sports. And we've got theater kids, and we've got choir kids, and we've got band kids who are not having their concerts, who are not having their events. And sometimes we forget this, and it's, it's very difficult. It is very challenging mentally. And um, I give credit to Como students and Como student leaders who did some of this planning um, for Virtual Spirit Week. Uh, so... As much as you can do to create school spirit um, through announcements, through um, social media, uh, through showing up to a Google Meet uh, on your iPad, uh, in your bedroom with a little uh, pep in your step, uh, that's that's something that they were trying to do uh, during the difficult time that distance learning is. And we're not going back to in-person learning anytime soon. As we know, the district will look at the school district will look at possibly sending elementary kids back in mid-January after the Martin Luther King holiday weekend. That's the next possible goal. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But I think the the students and the families are very much willing to buckle down and follow protocols to try and do what we can do to make it possible to get back to school some point in the future. The Midway Como Monitor article 
besides Virtual Spirit Week, also mention Como Debate, and that's virtual. But we've got kids who are doing debate, and they're able to do more than than band and theater students because um, they're able to have competitions virtually with debate. So that's been positive. And then I did throw some sports in, one of the school activities that is happening, and I have a good photo of Como football in there after their Highland victory and did make mention of their awesome start uh, to the season, which is now concluded with that conference championship. My piece in the Bugle is the fall sports summary with write-ups on the sports that started in August and concluded in October. So readers can check out the names of Como student-athletes who were excelling in cross-country, uh, boys' soccer, girls' soccer, um, girls' tennis, and also have a couple of good photos in there as well, including a wonderful Como cross-country team photo taken by Como area photographer Gwen Koziak. She's good, and she's got a really nice shot of the team on the hill above the lake uh, as the kids are all in their uniform. I like the photo. I like the stories, and I like uh, being able to promote and highlight the hard work that the student-athletes are doing. So you can look for that in the Park Bugle, and I know you're always good about sharing that on your social media outlets, Mike, and that's appreciated. And the print will be delivered to your mailbox if you're in the area or is available for pickup at coffee shops and stores in the Como Park, St. Anthony Park area. Right. When you're going out and uh, getting your your carryout, like, <laughs> find, find a copy. And then uh, when you get home and, and eat your food, you can, you can read the stories in those as well. Yeah. Maybe you go to the Egg Roll Queen Cafe. Yeah, there you, you go. You get your egg rolls and your fried rice, and you pick up a bugle to read after dinner. That's right. That's right. And also uh, in this, uh, the monitor um, that just came out, there's a nice front page story on Murray and Olive Goff, who have a radio show here at the radio station. Um, they are a brother and sister duo who do a show with their parents. Their dad is usually in studio with them. They have a great segment where they call their mother uh, every show. Um, but now with COVID, they've been recording at home, so they, their mom is just at their at their kitchen table with them now when they do that segment. But it's a good story on them and yeah. how they got a, a billboard from uh, Chris Lindahl, of all people. So. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you did mention that WFNU is plastered all over the front of the monitor there. Yeah, you yes. can't miss it. There's a great picture of Murray sitting behind uh, this microphone that I'm at right now. So uh, you can check that out. All right, it is now time for our pro pick that uh, should take us into next year. But first, we must review last month's pro pick in which I had given you an over-under choice for the World Series. Uh, how, how many games the World Series would last? I gave you an over-under of four and a half, I believe, and you picked the over, which was a good choice because it went all seven. So... Did you it? win six or seven. Either way, you win. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was six. Is but it six? I I didn't watch. Um, I I paid attention until <laughs> until we got to game five, and then when game five was being played, I said, "Oh, all right, pro <laughs> pick victory." Yeah. Uh, so with my victory and your defeat, my career pro pick record on the six five one sports update is twenty five and eighteen. And yours is 18 and 25. It's a massive hole. How about our longevity, though? That's 43 pro picks. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long time. 
and there were a couple of shows where we didn't have the segment running yet, and there were some others where I think pro picks sort of were pushed. They there wasn't a result. There was right, a, yeah. So I, I think we're probably fifty shows that you and I have done together. <laughs> so that's a milestone. Uh, our next pro pick has already been discussed earlier in the show. You've actually had some time to think about it. Yep. And you've received advice from the coach of the conference championship football team in St. Paul. I sure hope you don't mess this up. <laughs> Will the Minnesota Vikings win over or under three and a half games in their next five? Can you go over their, their schedule again? Sure. They play Dallas at home. Okay. Carolina at home. Jacksonville at home, at Tampa Bay, and then the Bears come to U.S. Bank Stadium for one more home game. See, we talked about heart versus head last you know, a little while ago with Coach Skull, and my heart wants to say I don't see a loss on that schedule. <laughs> but my head says you got Tom Brady on that schedule, <laughs> which is probably the only, the only game I can see them – losing honestly and I'm, I'm trying to not put my fandom out there but it, jacksonville dallas the bears carolina those four teams are not playing that well one or two of them are starting a backup quarterback i know dallas is uh that's who we're playing uh tomorrow um i'm gonna go over i'm gonna take coach's advice and i'm gonna i'm gonna go over we're gonna we're gonna do it four and one <laughs> Well, I am uh, pleased that you did not disregard <laughs> the advice of Coach Skull. I think that's good. So you, you kind of got a partner on this one, you know. You, yeah. I think he's going to be he's going to be interested in that result as well, as will every fan of the uh, Purple People Eaters or whatever the modern version of the Minnesota Vikings nickname is. Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins can they produce enough results for you to win a pro pick? We shall see. Right. Hopefully Justin Jefferson keeps his uh, remarkable rookie season rolling. Um, I think going into last week, he was leading the Vikings with over 680 receiving yards. So he's he's on pace to, to do really well. And I know he's in the conversation for rookie of the year. So we will see how the rest of the season goes. And then we can start bringing up the Timberwolves and pro picks again when we come back because their season starts in a month December 22nd yeah it's crazy yeah so uh, yeah I'm excited for that um and we got a number one draft pick in Ricky Rubio so there's a little, little hope little hope yeah so as Ricky Rubio likes to say we're gonna change a lot of faces around <laughs> here so we're uh we're hoping that the Timberwolves can turn things around all right everybody thank you for listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNULP. You know what we're going to do? We're going to start the ending again. I just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. That's Thursday. That's Thursday. You're right. Let's start the ending again because I didn't have the right thing plugged into the laptop. <laughs> there we go. There's the music. Thank you, everybody, for coming in or uh, listening. Eric, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Be safe out there. We will catch you in January. And until then, have a great one.